Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does God lead a man who was born and raised in Quito, Ecuador, to become president of a college in Boston? What lessons did he learn while studying at the Air Force Academy and Harvard? How did a study in Koine Greek clarify his vision and set him on a new course? This is the story of Zach Johnson, an example of conviction, character, and the courage toward equipping Jesus' peaceful revolution. We pause here, as we typically do at the beginning of our program, to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus, my friend, the love of Jesus so strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried, yes, but three days later, he rose again from the grave, offering God's hope, God's hope for you, dear one. Have you turned to Christ? Have you opened your heart to Jesus? You know, that's our prayer, that you would indeed do so. Turn from your way to God's way. That's called repentance. And dear one, if you know the Lord, I believe you're going to be encouraged today. Mr. Zach Johnson is the president of Sattler College. He holds a Master in Public Policy, concentrating in international and global affairs, from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, and a bachelor's degree from the United States Air Force Academy in Management. He worked for the Air Force as a congressional analyst before receiving an honorable discharge as a conscientious objector. He also spent time in Mozambique, working in development and disaster relief. Zach, welcome to our show. It's an honor to be here, Danny. Zach, I mentioned Quito, Ecuador. Share more. Where in Quito and what were the circumstances that allowed you to grow up there? So it always starts with your parents, right? My, my parents are originally from Minnesota, and back in the early 80s, there was a doctor named Wally Swanson who met my dad. And there was, a, there was a mission or a project that wanted to build a hospital in Quito, the capital. And he invited my dad down to work with an organization called HEJB, or Heralding Christ Jesus Blessings. And he said, come down for three months and work on this hospital. Um, Eleven years later, the co- the hospital was complete, and I was born in the middle of that. And so, if you visit Quito, the the radio station, or it's changed over time, and the school I went to is right in the center of the city there. And so, I, I sort of grew up in the the ecosystem that surrounds that community and that mission. It was called Project Life. You mentioned your father. You mentioned building the hospital. Who would you say influenced you most in your growing up years? 
that's a, a a tremendous question. Obviously, my when I think about the lessons I've learned, my father often comes into my mind the most. He he, I, I didn't appreciate it at the time. He brought me with him almost everywhere to a lot of the projects he worked on in the country, and then later on, sort of on the frontier or the border between Ecuador and Colombia, really shaped my thinking as to what I wanted to do with my life. And then luckily I went to a school, it's called Alliance Academy International. It's a, it's an international mission school. And a lot of my teachers there just really had a tremendous influence into my life too. I could name particular ones who both ended up going to Wheat, coming from Wheaton College and right outside of uh, Chicago there. And I have a lot of good stories about the teachers in my school that had a big influence but then that's sort of the the hero. My friends, off, off, obviously, your peers influence you as well. You mentioned Wheaton, Wheaton College, Wheaton College in Illinois. What do the words? He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. What yeah. does that mean to you? So I, I my most recent talk that I give is called "No Blood But Our Own." And that's a the talk on sacrificial peacemaking. And in that talk, I usually open up with the story, the the quote by Jim Elliot that you just mentioned there. That I, I I think that those are some of the most inspiring words outside of scripture, outside of scripture for me. And I open my talk by singing a song called "We Rest on Thee, Our Shield and Our Defender," and it's the song that those five missionaries sang right before they went out to meet their death, really. Their wife sang their so- that song with them. Um, their children sang that song with them. And I, I always open that, that talk with that song. And it, it's, there's lines like, We rest on thee, O captain of salvation, referring to Christ. And Jim Elliott is an example of somebody who I want to strive to become like. He's a very wise person, and he knows that you, you can sacrifice everything here on earth to gain eternal life. And that trade-off, it's, it's really not really a trade-off, right? And if I could produce more and more people, it would look like people like Jim Elliott who kind of get this and understand that concept. You're stirred. I can see, I mean, you, you sing the song. There's something very deep that, that has touched you. The martyr, Jim Elliott, the martyr, Nate Saint. Who is Michael Sattler? So... Michael Sattler was a a man that was martyred in 1527 by the Catholic Church. And so he was a leader of a really small group called the Anabaptists. A lot of people who know church history probably are familiar with that. Some people aren't. But Anabaptist is a, it's actually a Greek term that just means ana, again, baptist, baptized, to be baptized again. And so Michael Sattler decided to get baptized as an adult during the Reformation era. A lot of people don't know there's the the Reformation with men like Martin Luther and Calvin. And then there's the a little smaller group called the Radical Reformation that was led by men like uh, Menno Simons, Michael Sattler, Conrad Grebel. And if you come to our campus, we actually have all our classrooms named after some of those men. And... Michael Sattler was put on trial for being baptized as an adult, among other things. He wrote something called the Schleitheim Confession, which was almost an equivalent to the 99 Theses for the Anabaptists. 
And my favorite line in the Schleitheim Confession was, is, is, is you, you heard my story of leaving the Air Force after reading stories like Michael Sattler. He says, the sword is outside of the perfection of Christ. And he's talking to the Catholic Church there as well as the state. And I always give a sort of a pithy history lesson. Many people don't realize that the Protestants and the Catholics had some agreements. They both agreed that the Anabaptists had to die. <laughs> and so both of them really didn't like this idea of adult baptism, the decision to become a Christian when you're older. And so Michael Sattler was tried. He gave his defense in Latin. His, he spoke Latin. He was, he was fluent in Hebrew and Greek and German. He was a, a scholar. He actually came out. He was a, a priest. And he actually married a nun that came out of the Catholic Church as well. Her name was Margareta Sattler. And they gave her what was called her third baptism. So that was two weeks after he was burned at the stake. Uh, they, they said that there, you would be baptized as a baby. And then if someone chose to be baptized as an adult, they would then drown them. That was the, the third baptism for the Anabaptist. So severe could be a word of simple description of what your history as an Anabaptist, what you, some of the heroes, have, have undergone. Clearly, not a hedge on uh, or a fear of being different or distinct because of convictions. You embody conviction. And when we think about how God has prepared you for the work that you're doing today, a leader must embody <laughs> what they stand for. There's just something about it. Some say, well, that's, that's, that's intangible. Well, that's the, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really touch it, but you know that there's a quality or there's a characteristic, or we might say that character that is there. And indeed, Zach Johnson you embody that. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about some things that you encountered after Quito, Ecuador. How God opened the door for you to study at the Air Force Academy. Certain things that you learned and observed. Even a moment of self-reflection that caused you to inquire more, seek more and what you did when you discovered what you believe. Stay with us. We'll be back with more from Zach Johnson, sattler.edu. the road of desperate life, famously beneath the bear. This is Danny Yamashiro. Don Pick Benson wrote, When I was growing up, my dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. But then a local pastor took an interest in my dad, asking if he could help plow the fields on the weekend. That one act of service spoke louder than words ever could to my dad. By his actions, the pastor made my dad feel loved, and that did more than any preaching could have. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. This pastor met that need in a practical way, and that's evangelism.
Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. So Jack, Zach Johnson was born and raised in Quito, Ecuador. He has a passion for Christianity and the international realm. His interests include models of world change, travel and languages he developed an allegiance to the historic christian faith while studying the bible through greek and finding a faithful church community he is the president of sattler college you can find out more about sattler college at sattler.edu and if you're tuning in right now maybe caught the tail end of that last segment hey you can get this program in its entirety just go to drdanny.live the podcasts are available for you there on Spotify, Apple, major podcast platforms. Share it, share it with family members and friends. Zach, how did God open the door for you to study at the Air Force Academy? A, I, I love telling the story because it, it was really unlikely. There was an Air Force base in in Ecuador. It's no longer operating, but in 2009 there was an earthquake in Peru that brought my dad down to do disaster response with an organization called Samaritan's Purse that's where he was working at the time and my dad came back from that trip and he he just lit up about how the air force basically came in and set up all the logistics for all these organizations to come in and do the the disaster relief and right after that I started interviewing all the men in my community that I knew I could find about the Air Force. And so eventually I got some a lot of uh, encouragement to apply to the, the, the Air Force Academy. For those of you who aren't familiar, if to get into the service academies, you have to have a, a congressional nomination from a, a congressperson here in the United States. And I wasn't, my parents weren't residents, so I didn't have a congressperson. So I, I sent out a Hail Mary to have to get a, a, a nomination from the vice president, who was Joe Biden at that time. And I, I, I never interacted with Joe Biden, but he gave me the nomination to go to the academy. I didn't think it was possible. And so right when I graduated, about five days after I was 18, five days after my high school graduation, I shaved my head and showed up at, at boot camp in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. When did you recognize 
a crisis of faith welling up inside you? I, I, uh, I had enough Christianity in me that I read my Bible every day. That was a, a commitment I tried to make to myself because I, when you change locations, you have to hold on. You have to have an anchor. And the, the Bible became my anchor, and there's, there's a community there. My sophomore year, I, had re- I realized that I had never been baptized before. And I was reading the Bible, reading about baptism, and there's some striking things in Acts 2. It says, it says uh, be, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And I called my parents, who had since moved to Haiti. and For mission work? For, with the same organization, organization. Um, Samaritan's Purse. So there was a huge earthquake in Haiti back in the, I think that happened in 2010. And so I flew down to Haiti for Thanksgiving to be baptized in front of my parents. And people who, I don't know how many, how many of you have experienced the devastation of uh, an earthquake in a country like Haiti, it, it, that week shook my, <laughs> shook my world again because, you know, you call yourself a Christian and then you're walking through immense need. You have no idea what to do with it. And so I came back from that Thanksgiving trip as a sophomore in college really confused about why am I studying all these classes that seem to have loose connections with how I might serve the the need after that. And I, I started <laughs> noticing that there were a group of a Mormon contingent at the Air Force Academy, or some of you are familiar with the, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, and all of them go and do a two-year service mission. And I kind of, that really cut me because I, I was thinking, hey, this is what I'm really passionate about. So I think it was there where I, I lost my disconnect between my reality, my reality and what I thought the most immediate needs of the world were. And I didn't really have a, a solid commitment to any church there either. So it seemed like the logical thing to, to drop out of the academy. And I that's where I joined with Samaritan's Purse and they sent me over to a, an internship in, in Mozambique. And, I'd learned Portuguese as well, so I was really excited about going there. What was the experience like in Mozambique, and what transpired through that experience? So, it's it's hard to recount a whole year in a soundbite, but my my year concluded with a a flood response. So, there's a valley in in the southern tip of Africa. It's called the Shokwe River Basin or the Popo River Basin, forgive me, that gets flooded every 10 years. Kind of like kind of like New Orleans is always in danger of being flooded. And this had just been flooded. So there were about a, a couple hundred thousand displaced persons. And I was my job was to get a hospital up and running that had been flooded and just completely devastated. And I, I spent a month literally shoveling mud <laughs> with volunteers to try to get this hospital up and running. And that, that concluded with a, the hospital administrator. We had filled all the beds. We had opened it back up. We felt like heroes. And he, he approached me and he said, hey, I hate to say this, but we ran out of food for the patients. All our, our budget to feed our patients is gone. Um, what, and what he told me, I don't know if this is true. I didn't couldn't verify it, is that the mayor of the city had spent the funds, the emergency funds, <laughs> on a road to his house. And sort of that, that made me I was a young 20 year old and that made me quite uh, kind of 
have a sense of injustice and that kind of sparked my reignition to join the Air Force Academy again and to, to go back sort of with a reignited passion to sort of solve even one small problem in a place like that. And so that's sort of how that year concluded. But I learned a lot as the only American within many, many, <laughs> many, many leagues. And yeah. So the Air Force Academy welcomed you back. That's right. So in your process there as a uh, a, a budding officer, what else happened inside that led to your position that impacted your decisions later on and then an eventual honorable discharge as a conscientious objector? So that's a... It's almost a four-year story, but I'll try to try to condense it a little. When you go to college, most my my model when I attended and I traveled was to first apply to something that like a program that you're excited about, a good school, a good job, and you get the job, you move, and then church is an afterthought. And so that was my that was sort of my operating model up to this point. And so I, I go back to the Air Force Academy and. Discipline is the word that I learned from an academy. It's hard to go through a service academy without without rigorous attention to discipline. You know, your your hair has to be a certain length, your uniform has to be perfect, uh, your bed has to be made. And discipline, when, when I see that level of requirement for the officers in the military who handle life and death situations... And then you transfer out. So I, I left the Air Force and, or I, the Air Force, my first duty station was to come to, to Cambridge, to, to Boston here. And so I had a, a great, a really good opportunity here to come and study. When I looked into the church, I did not see the same level of discipline that, that I saw in the military. I, maybe, maybe, um, some people can relate for this. And it, it's not equivalent, but there's a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He he has a line in a book called called Life Together, I, or it, I think it's Life Together, where he, he gets a group of Christians and he's he brings them up on a hill and he's looking into a, a German a German encampment and he says, the church has to be better than this. We have to care as much about our discipline and life and death things as these soldiers are doing. And so it was really this concept of why is it that it seems like like there are certain professions that take evangelism, Bible reading, prayer, so they 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 don't emphasize it enough and yet in the military it's it's unexcusable, right? That you you can't get through a career in the military without being disciplined. It's the same with with being a doctor or many of these careers, you you require excellence. And it was this concept that kind of kind of started getting me turning my head around hey what what do I need to tweak in my life to apply these lessons of discipline and I, commitment loyalty allegiance there's there's different different elements there and apply them to my relationship with Christ and so in that in that turn of events there was also uh, maybe I can keep, tell a little bit of a longer story this was 2016 by then I was sort of halfway through my studies at, at Harvard, the, the Kennedy School there. And it was the middle of this really big election, hard to forget, between Trump and Hillary. And here I am as a 
just a young second lieutenant who at that point in time, I believed that I was going to go kill for whoever, you know, made their way to the top. And it really shook me as to can, when I, when I read through Christ's teachings, um, on what it means to love your enemies, you know, Christ teaches in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five, you've heard that it said, you know, love your, you love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But if someone slaps you, I say to you, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the, the left cheek also. That really, it didn't seem right to me. And I started just searching all over the place. Hey, am I crazy? Is, am I, am I the only person that kind of sees this discrepancy here? And I ended up meeting a, a man named Dr. Finney Caravilla, who is the founder of Sattler College. And I met him through a class he taught at Harvard voluntarily on Saturdays on Koine Greek. It's just Greek. And he, he also teaches sort of like an apologetics class called the Society for Two Tasks. And I ended up showing up to his church <laughs> the following Sunday. It's called Followers of the Way. And my life completely changed forever because that community of faithful believers, I sort of saw the discipline that I sort of had imagined in my mind of what it might look like for a group of faithful people to hold each other together like like a soldier would. And that I I had a pretty big reaction to some of the the teachings on what Christ meant in the Sermon on the Mount. And there's huge debates about this that are I'm not the first one to talk about it, but I had never thought about it before. I ended up losing the debates to the church in a joyful way, finding the scriptures. They injected me with new passion, new purpose in life, and that, that actually ended me ended up leading me to apply to leave the Air Force, even though I just spent the last seven years <laughs> training to, to be in it. So it was a that that decision one doesn't come to that decision lightly. It's a intense process and I, I could share more about that, but it might be be beyond the scope of the conversation. It, it it touches the scope of the conversation, Zach, when you write a 60-page paper, when you have to go through s- several interviews, when lawyers get involved, when Dr. Finney Kuruvia has to come and, and testify and speak on your behalf. Those things are very deep to make a decision, to have conviction because of what you have seen in the Word and and yet even the community that you were a part of during that time and still today as you lead Sattler College. When we come back, let's uh, talk a little bit more about that process, but also the vision of Sattler College. When we talk about equipping, equipping Jesus' followers when you talk about it, Jesus' peaceful, peaceful revolution, we need to hear more about that from you. Zach Johnson is with us, president of Sattler College, sattler.edu. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. 
thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life Mr. today. Mr. Zach Johnson is the president of Sattler College. His graduate study research focused on developing recommendations for the security of the Air Force's Office of International Affairs on partner collaboration platforms where he received a certificate in management, leadership, and decision-making from the Kennedy School. During his undergraduate studies, he also minored in Portuguese and spent time studying in Portugal. You're listening to the Good Life Radio program. Thanks for being with us, the radio podcast. This podcast is available for you at drdanny.live, Spotify, Apple, and major podcast platforms. Share it, share it with family members and friends. Zach, you mentioned Dr. Fini Kuruvilla, but say more about him as a person, what he has meant to you, to your family, to your mother, and what he means to the school as you launch in these early days of Sattler College. Yeah, so my my most my earliest memories of Finney or Dr. Finney Caravilla are in that Greek class I mentioned, but he he embodies something what I call it's a simple word, it's discipleship. There there aren't a lot of humans that when you meet them, you can sense that their mo- very molecules seem to be spinning for the kingdom of God. He would be one of those people that it's hard to get into a conversation with him that lasts longer than two minutes without Christianity coming up, without God coming up, without Christ. And when I sort of met with him in my graduate studies, he I think he could sense my, my wrestling, and he made a deal with me that he was going to have lunch with me once a week until I found a, a church community to be a part of. And so he... <laughs> Through that process, he became a mentor, a best friend, and when you look at the man, he he has a MD, PhD from from Harvard. He also has some master's degree from from MIT. I, I can't even list all the the degrees he has. He's since been studying at seminary and things like this. And so he's a man who doesn't take things randomly. He's got an intense vision for the church. He has a book called King Jesus Claims His Church, which has become one of my my recommended reads for people about, about church life. And it, he's Christ-like. It, when, when, I look at, when I look at what Christ would have been like, I, I sense a deep compassion for souls. And I know that you yourself have started some evangelism ministries. And I would say that 
one of his passions is evangelism. And there are very few of us who have ever witnessed somebody take a enter into a relationship with somebody and go from atheist to Christian with all the energy that goes into that process. I think some of us might picture that we, we invite a friend to church and they hear the message and that's it. <laughs> it was a miraculous encounter. That Sometimes that happens, but behind the scenes, there's hundreds of hours of Bible study, of prayer that go into these these relationships. And he's someone that I just say he's willing to put in all that effort into a life like mine. And I, I've since seen him do it sort of every day of his life. And so do you have any more specific questions? Well, he embodies discipleship as a founder. You're the president now. What is the meaning of Sattler College's motto, equipping Jesus's peaceful revolution? Right. So Jesus... When, when you look at Jesus and you look at the academic world, I, one of my, very, my laments is in, in higher education, r- very rarely is Jesus presented as a, a genius <laughs> or sort of the teacher of teachers. But for me, when you study the corpus of his teachings, he's, Jesus is in and large, the, I think, the best teacher that ever walked the face of the planet. It's hard to, it's hard to deny that for me. So when I look at Sattler's motto, equipping Jesus' peaceful revolution, we are really targeting early Christianity and the teachings that we think the early Christians put into practice with the word peaceful. So in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives some, some really targeted teachings on what it means to treat each other as humanity. And so us as Christians and followers of his teachings, we, what we sort of teach at the college is that violence has been taken away from us as, as a group of people. So, but even more than that is that we now sacrifice our lives to be peacemakers. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. And so, Jesus's peaceful resolution kind of becomes an army, so to speak, of peacemakers who are willing to lay down their very lives for things that the average person would say, that's crazy. Why would you ever sacrifice for that? The conviction weaned, developed, cultivated through a discipleship environment. I've heard Dr. Finney speak about schools, universities, colleges being a kind of discipleship program itself, and yet many of the teachers, majority of the teachers, I think the statistic given is well over 90% are not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back just a moment because of what it meant to you. In what way did... Dr. Finney Kuruvila touched you at a time when your mother was in a very tender state. Yeah, I, so when, um, when I got, I actually got deployed to Los Angeles right after I finished my graduate studies. And that summer was a really hard summer. My mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I don't know if any listeners have ever 
encountered that, but my I got a call from my older sister basically said, Zach, come home. Mom's really sick. I showed up and the diagnosis came in that she had pancreatic cancer. And so we had, we had 27 days between when we found out and when she died. And in, in the middle of those, <laughs> I was, I remember just sitting at my mom's, you know, at her, at her bedside and Finney gave me a call and he said, Hey, can I fly? Can I fly to Minnesota to spend some time with you and your family? And he's a, you know, Finney's a busy man. And so I, obviously it, it feels, it feels somewhat like you don't have to do that. We're, we don't, we don't really, um, it's not necessary, but he came and he, he read a Bible verse on my mom's, uh, best, uh, deathbed that it, uh, it's really like burned into my mind. It's from second Thessalonians. And he said, and Paul, when he's talking to the Thessalonians, he says, he says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not you? And so Paul's, Paul's talking to the Thessalonians and he was encouraging my mother and saying, you have something to boast about before Jesus because of your son, right? Because of the discipleship that you've taken part of. And all the energy that we put into discipling people becomes worth it. And this is something Paul understood when you look at Paul's life. And it's something that I think Finney understands as well. And it's a lesson that I continue to learn over what to prioritize in my life. This you, I can, I can see, I can feel what what deep memories and feelings that moment touched you but that continues on in the framework of the school and the ethos of Sattler College when we come back let's talk about the three C's of Sattler College's distinctions and let's talk a little bit about the the degree programs but also, I think, as we go into our final segment, Zach, let's remember to spend some time in prayer. Because someone today, even as you were sharing, someone may be touched because of the impact of discipleship. Sadler.edu, you can find out more. Sadler.edu. Stay with us. We'll be right back. the road of desperate life, they must beneath the What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pipper wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. 
a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. The vision of Settler College is to be a city on a hill, a shining light in greater Boston and the nations. The founding of Settler College by Dr. Finney Kuruvila and his team of leaders involved reimagining what higher education could look like in the 21st century. The president of Sattler College, Zach Johnson, joins us today. You can find out more about Sattler College at sattler.edu. The three C's, Zach. What are the three C's of Sattler College's distinctions? So the, the three C's are almost like operating principles. So we have our faith tenets and I won't talk about those, but the three C's are core, cost, and Christian discipleship. So when you look at, when you want to look at what you're studying, you should, and you're thinking about college, go look at their core curriculum and it will reveal what the institution cares about. At the Air Force Academy, everyone gets a Bachelor of Science. No surprise, my, I studied many, many science courses and... You mentioned it before that Jesus teaches that a student will become like his teacher. We call this the iron law of education. And so our core curriculum at Sattler, we're trying to pull it back and disrupt by saying, hey, what is it originally that that Christians cared about? And so I'll give you a, a small example. We're the only college in the country that requires all our students to take Greek and Hebrew again, and we're not a Bible school. <laughs> and so we're we're sort of trying to re-elevate the passion for God's word to a point where it used to be when you when you go back in time the the second principle that we have here is a is just cost basic cost we did a lot of fundraising to drive down the cost of education for our students so that many students can come and leave debt free and we, we try to pin our tuition at less than $10,000 a year, and we're very generous when people can't pay that. In general, when you look at colleges, they're competing around peripheries. Um, I, that's like what we like to say, the quality of the dorms, the quality of the food, sports stadiums, things like that, which in the grand scheme of things, we might say, hey, it might make your life a little more luxurious, but you shouldn't value that. So that's just cost. We try to drive our cost as way down and even now we're excited to pursue service models where if you commit to serving the church and ministry after college we'll be, we'll try to even eliminate the cost of college for you so we're we're trying to pioneer what it means to be institutions that that charge students for that and then the last one is christian discipleship that's the the last c and there's there's so many quotes about this. Frederick Douglass said it's easier it's easier to raise strong men, strong children than fix broken men. And I know that many of us have gone to different institutions, but the years 18 through 22 or even the young 20s are some of the most important years in somebody's life. They're not a time that should be spent partying or sowing wild oats. They should be a time where you're getting trained disciplined, um, taught, mentored, so that you can be live a faithful life. And that's why all of our students 
in, in tangent, in parallel with academics, get paired in discipleship groups that run the entire course of their studies. And we try to emphasize discipleship as much as we do the GPA. So the equivalent at the military academy I went to, you studied commissioning education to become an officer. And we're kind of saying, hey, Christians going through college should have some sort of an equivalent to really shape your character into something that you're proud of. Somebody might be asking, where is Sattler College? Uh, we might have mentioned Boston, but where in Boston? And then let's go into why Boston. But where, where in Boston is Sattler? So those of you who know Boston, if you know the Boston Common, you can see the State House. We're in a building called the Saltonstall Building right behind the State House. So our corner, our corner office on the 17th floor of the Saltonstall Building looks down upon that gold dome in the Boston Common. Our, the closest T stop to us is Bowdoin on the blue line, but we're close to Park Street on the red line and then Government Center as well. Well, you've painted a nice picture for everyone to see where it is. Yeah. Why Boston? Most Christians know more about the history of our country than they do about the history of our faith. When you think about Boston and you think about the walking tours, what are people talking about? Most people are talking about the history of the United States, the founding fathers, this or that president. Interestingly, when you look at the history of Christianity in America, Boston is as important of a city as any. Right in our midst are churches that started the evangelical movement. I, right, You can walk down the street from our campus down to Park Street and see the plaque where, where Billy Graham was hired by Dr. Harold Ockingjay, literally starting these movements that have shaped, the I would say, the world. Boston is a city that has shaped the world since its inception. And where some people might say, hey, you can't, you can't be a faithful Christian in a city. There's a sort of a flight from the cities for faithful Christians. We're saying, no, come and be the city on a hill that Jesus calls us to be. And so Boston, for a lot of reasons, that it's an influential city. As Christians, we should be putting ourselves in the path of meeting souls. Uh, the, the, the field is white here in Boston, as I would say. And then just practical logistical reasons. We don't have to operate our own laboratories and things like that. We can share in the ecosystem. So our students, instead of us buying property to run bio labs, we send our students over, over the river to Harvard and they participate in that ecosystem instead. Share with us the degree programs that Sattler College offers. Our, our most popular program, surprisingly, is a one-year certificate in biblical and religious studies. And so that's the, that's the one year that we like to sort of market and shamelessly attract people to the four-year bachelor. But we have a, a program in biblical and religious studies. That's our most popular major. History, computer science, biology, and business are five majors. And those are sort of the when we started the college, they're sort of building blocks and can suit a lot of people's interests. And um, like I said before, every single one of those majors have a rigorous core Christian curriculum, like Christian doctrines, fundamental text, apologetics, Greek, Hebrew, 
global poverty and world change. And so all those majors have this thread of the core curriculum throughout them. A discipleship process framed with prayer, study, care. Discipleship is, is a transformational experience for someone to go through. Have you graduated your first class? We praise the Lord. We graduated our first class in May. We had we had 22 students, and they graduated. We also put through our, our first uh, certificate graduates in that one-year program, and we, we had our commencement at Tremont Temple there in downtown Boston. What a milestone moment. Any Are you able to share where some of the graduates may be going on after finishing their time at Sattler College? Yeah, I'll, I'll share a couple of, of highlights for me. So we obviously, one of the questions with a new college is, what about accreditation? It's a huge deal. So we applied for accreditation after our first year operating and received accreditation in the spring, in the fall, right before our seniors graduated. So our first medical student just got accepted to, to medical school in, in UT, Texas. It's a really good school. So we have students going on to become doctors. We have students going on to become missionaries. So that's another very um, important part of, of Sattler. And some of our students have be plugged into the local church here in Boston. Some of them are working at, um, at different laboratories here, and some of them return to their home communities to plug back in. But it, it's, it's neat to see, <laughs> it's neat to see sort of the, both the academic track and the spiritual track. Discipleship and the fruits thereof, discipleship, are what you're sharing. And God moving in the lives of students, in the lives of faculty, in the lives of the administration. A prayer. I'm circling back to your discipleship and how Dr. Finney Kuruvila has been used by God to impact your life. Someone today may be going through a tough time. A word of encouragement as you pray. And as you pray, will you intercede on their behalf and pray for God's touch, God's blessing upon someone today? Of course. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we think about our lives and your son and how at the fall, our tether was cut from you and he was sent here to restore our relationship to you. And yes, our sins can be forgiven, but even more importantly, our relationship with you is possible. I think about the very act of sending Christ to us that in this moment, I, I know that many people might think of you and one of the first words that might come to their mind is disappointed. But your word teaches differently, Lord. It teaches that you are for us. You send your reign on the just and on the unjust and cause your sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. God, you are for every single soul here. I pray that anybody that is listening here could know that fact, that you are not disappointed, you are for us, and that you sent your son on the greatest rescue mission of all time to, to rescue our, our captive souls and to restore them back to you. And I pray that if anybody is listening, that they could find hope and turn place their hope in Christ and his people that will call, be called God's people and 
devote their entire lives to you, as, as the man said. He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain, that which he cannot lose. And in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Zach Johnson, thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart with us, your life, and Sattler College. Equipping words from Zach Johnson, sattler.edu. My friend, God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And look, if you haven't done so, hey, I believe this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, major podcast platforms. 1 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Zach Johnson, sattler.edu. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with the good life.